This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 34. It's good to study God's word together no matter where we're at, and God's word is good and profitable for us and good for learning. And we're in the Dinah incident, or maybe even some places call it the rape of Dinah. I don't believe that's what happened, and the reason I don't believe that's what happened is because in the incidents in scripture in the Old Testament where it's quite clearly an assault of a sexual nature. Those incidents are always uh, accompanied by the Hebrew phrase, and he overpowered her. And what that means is her will was against it, and he overpowered her will in it. And this passage is quite clear. That's not there. It is clear that he defiled her, and how he defiled her was probably he did things that were not according to the family's culture, according to Uh, Israel's culture. It was not right according to the law, and it may not have been right according to God's word, even though they didn't know God's word because they had not received it. We have. They are literally the embodiment of God's word at work in the world. And as we're reading this, we need to understand that these people that they are interacting with, the Hivites, are a sub-clan of the Canaanites. And God had clearly told them not to have relationships with the Canaanites, not to be with the Canaanites, not to intermarry with the Canaanites. One of the reasons that Isaac had an issue with Esau and Rebekah, Isaac and Rebekah had an issue with Esau is because he took two Canaanite wives. And uh, that's going to be a problem for his family forever and ever after that. And they sent Jacob and or Israel, they sent him to back to their land to take for him a wife from culture and their people. And probably more importantly, a wife that understood who God was. And uh, that is an important principle, and I can't emphasize that enough, that uh, God has told us not to be unevenly yoked, meaning not to be tied to those in a very spiritual way. Don't be tied to those who are not believers. Now, that does not mean we don't have a relationship with them, and I said that yesterday, but what that means is, is that in the important things in life, the real important relationships in life, we're not to be yoked with those who do not have faith in Jesus Christ. And there's a reason for that, because a lot of the intimate relationships of life are spiritual in nature. They have a deep spiritual picture that is tied to them. They are the picture of important relationships. Marriage is a picture of our relationship with our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. It is an intimate, it is a complete giving of oneself for the other. It it has great spiritual significance. It has great significance as far as how we walk and how we live our lives. And so we want to choose someone who is evenly yoked spiritually with us. Likewise, there are other other relationships in life 
that we want to have that are important in our relationship with the church. Obviously, Jesus thought an important relationship to have. He he told it, he he gave his final commandment that we're to love each other, meaning people in the church, as he loved us self-sacrificially. Very similar type of love that we're to have with our wives. He told he he said, "Husbands, love your wives." I or like Christ loved the church, Paul says. And to love to love each other as Christ loved us is a very similar type of love. It's a self-sacrificial, 100% giving of oneself to the other. And so those relationships are very spiritual and very important. And so we're to have that type of relationship with the church. And a person who says, I don't go to church, I worship God somewhere else, it doesn't quite clearly know Scripture and doesn't understand the power of the relationships God has given us. And likewise, obviously, father and mother, pictures of our relationship with the father. Obviously, brothers and sisters are pictures of our relationship with other believers. And I can just keep on going. And these relationships are meant to be with people who are spiritually tied to each other. They have a spiritual tie that marks that relationship. And we cannot be yoked with those who are not spiritually tied like we are. There's just not, it it does not work. It does not work. And that also means business. We're not to enter into partnerships with people who are not believers. And people in the world, so many times, so many Christians want to have one foot in the kingdom and have one foot in the world. And let me tell you something, that is a very unstable way to live. You'd be better off having both feet in the world than one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. In fact, God says that if you're that way, you make him sick. He's sickened by it. He'd rather you be totally in the world. At least he can snatch you out of that and show you that show you that the living in the world is a problem and living in the world is very destructive. He can show you that, but the problem is when you have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, you always think that your problems are coming from that foot that's in the kingdom. You're always going to God complaining about how things aren't working out for you. You're one of his. Why aren't things working out for you? And the reason is that other foot's in the wrong place. But so many times you're going to blame God for it rather than blaming yourself for having your feet in the wrong position. And that ha- that's works all the time that way. Now, if you find yourself in that place right now after you didn't realize that, that was an importance, the Bible says that don't destroy those relationships. Don't destroy your marriage because you, just because your spouse is not a believer. Don't destroy your business just because your partner's not a believer. In fact, your presence in that relationship is very is very hopeful and good for those who are in the relationship with you. You're a source of hope and grace and your grace flows to them. That being said, we're not to do that if we know better at the start. And you do know better now. You know that's not what we should do. And ultimately, this story is this fight tribe or this group of Hivites who are trying to figure out a way to tie themselves to Israel and his, his sons and his children. They want to enter into what is, in essence, a familial and it would end up being a business relationship with Jacob. Now, the way Jacob's sons handle this is totally wrong, and it's going to have great repercussions, and we need to learn that. But the main thing that's going on is that they they are usually using worldly means in which to try to tie themselves off to God's people. And the world's going to always want to do that. The world's always going to offer you things 
that are of importance. I try to make sure that in my office, even though I do rent out some space and even though I do, I don't have a partner in the sense of a law partner, I'm a sole practitioner. I do have other lawyers that rent space in my office. They're other, they're believers. They're people who believe in Jesus Christ. I don't want my office to be with, be a place where people don't believe in Jesus Christ. I don't want people who rent my space to be people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have a spiritual commonality that will manifest itself in the physical world in powerful ways if we uh, if we do life together the way we ought to do life together. It says in verse 5 and Jacob heard that he had defiled that he had defiled Dinah his daughter and it's talking about Shechem. Now his sons with his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. Notice Jacob is being patient and he is being meditative on the situation. He's not rushing into it. I find oftentimes people end up in these situations where they're unevenly yoked, in these situations where life is so troublesome because you've got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. They find themselves in that position because they rush into things. And you, it's not necessary to rush into things. You say, I've got to have this business or my business is going to fail. First of all, let me say this. It's not your business. God gave it to you. It's his business. You just got it on loan from him. Second of all, if God wanted you to be unevenly yoked, he'd have told you it's okay to be unevenly yoked when he wrote scripture. But he said not to be. And third, if it's his business, which he gave to you on loan from him, then he's going to handle his business. But he doesn't need you mucking it up. He doesn't need you messing everything up and causing it to be all dirty and nasty because you want to stick your foot in this muddy world that we live in and then try to act like you're both in the kingdom and in the world. Don't do that. Don't make it all murky and unseeable. The water shouldn't be that way. The water should be, but it should be full and complete and it should be clear and it should be good for drinking and good for cleaning. And when your foot's all in the world, it just makes that water mucky or murky, and it messes it up. It does. And don't make the water murky. Don't mess it up. He said, then Hamer, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. Now he's bringing in the big guns. And the son of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry. So we don't have a good start to this anyway. And by the way, if it's not evenly yoked, it's not going to be a, the, the good start's only going to get worse. And uh, man, how many times have I seen people do that? In fact, when I'm doing marriages, I'm not going to marry two people who are not believers. I get to choose the marriage ceremonies that I perform. And by the way, I don't just do that on on, on on demand. I only do that for people I know and have personal relationships with. And per really, to tell you the truth, they have to be either family in my personal family. I have to be fam in the family of God that I I'm dealing with because I just don't do marriages to just do marriages. Marriage is an important relationship. And when I'm tying two people off, I want to tie two people off for victory and, uh, and goodness and blessing. I don't want to tie them off to pain and grief and suffering. And that's exactly what will happen if you tie someone off to someone who is lost. Like I said, if you're in that situation and you don't really, you didn't realize it when you were doing it, now you realize it's a bad situation. This is what God says: be loving and peaceful to them, show them grace, and if they want to leave, that's fine. But you continue to be love and grace to them until God handles that situation. That's really the answer to it. 
And that's the only answer to it. And there is no other answer to it. And and you trying to figure out a way to help God help you out of the situation you put you, yourself in is just foolishness. God knows how to get you where he needs you to be and where he wants you to be. You continue to be who you ought to be in the situation. I feel like I'm preaching today, but I ain't, But I guess I am. He says, it says in verse 7, and the son of Jacob came in from the field and they heard it and the men were grieved and very angry because he'd done the disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, a thing that ought not to be done. So apparently there was something that happened that was other than uh, just normal intercourse. There was something that was going on there that was not exactly right. Okay. And uh, it was disgraceful to them. And uh, it wasn't such a thing. You could say they had sex outside of marriage. And so that's the problem. Not really. Because the easy answer to that, if they had been evenly yoked, the easy answer to that was for him to marry her. And in fact, um, if that happened under Jewish law, if you had sexual relations with someone outside of marriage, you, number one, had to marry them. Meaning once that happened, you had to become their husband. Second of all, you, under no uncertain terms, you could not divorce them. There was no divorce for those who had done that. Why? Because they had, they, the man had put in, put the woman in that position and he couldn't just marry her and then later on let her go to fulfill the law. The law said you had to stay with her forever. And the reason is because of that acting wrong. That wrong act had consequences. And by the way, I'm not advocating for divorce, but there was no divorce for that situation. And it says, it says that something happened here that defiled them. And now the Hivites are trying to worm their way in and notice. But Hamer spoke with them saying, the soul of my soul, son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as his wife. Now, I have no doubt that Shechem really was smitten with, with Dinah. I have, there's no doubt about that. This is one of those situations where there's a real, real attraction here. There's a real uh, relationship here. And, and, and the passage seems to indicate that it was a consensual thing. It wasn't something that was unconsensual. It was something that was importantly consensual. Now, they did things that they shouldn't have done, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't a desire for it. And you go, just let the young people do what they're going to do. That's not how it works. And it's very destructive for life ahead. And I can't say that enough. But Hamer spoke with them saying, and young people, if you're listening to this, I don't care whether it's now or if you're listening to it 20 years from now on a podcast you found in the old archive somewhere. Let me say this. God's word doesn't change. And God made everything. And he's timeless and so, by the way, everything that he says and does is timeless. Because you think that you live in some new day where things have changed and somehow the universe has all of a sudden been altered in some way so that the times that we live in today are somehow believably different than the times that have been lived in the past is actually hubris. It, to tell you the truth, it's arrogance. And it's a belief that you, in some way, have arrived in a way that people who really, to tell you the truth, went through a whole lot worse than you've gone through and lived a whole lot diff more difficult times than you lived in. Somehow they didn't make it, but you did. And you at your young age have somehow made yourself into something more important than you are. Let me tell you something. If you believe that, you're arrogant. And let me tell you something. The Bible says you're very foolish, too. And uh, your foolishness is going to lead you down a path of a lot of pain. That's not how the world works. I can tell you this. Our timeless God is relevant and he's true and he's right today, just like he was 
a hundred years ago, just like he was a thousand years ago, just like he was millennia past. He is the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. And I will say this, the way he deals with things and the way he does things does not change. He's not a God that he changes. If you think somehow society has evolved, let me say that. That's totally against the laws of the universe. Evolution and the evolving of things is not found in university. In fact, it's totally against the laws that govern our universe. The universe tends toward chaos. It's called the chaos theory or entropy. It is the idea that everything tends toward disorder. So you have not made everything orderly by your very presence in the world. Sir or Prince, I'm going to tell you, you're not all that. And I can promise you this, if you do things outside of God's will, especially having known what God's will is, and to just do it your own way because you want to do it your own way, I can promise you this, it'll have its consequences. And you will dig out of that hole you've dug for yourself. And if you're one of God's children, let me tell you something. That's not an easy hole to dig out of because I've dug out of several of them myself. And your feet get dirty and the water gets murky. And uh, it's just not a good thing. And let's not put ourselves in that position. And I say that to you in love because I don't want you to have to deal with the issues that I've had to deal with in my own life. And I've seen others have to deal with you. And anybody who loves you and is older than you is going to tell you, please don't dive into that hole. The, the way out is a whole lot less fun than the way in. It seems like fun as you're falling into the hole. But when you get to the bottom, getting out's rough. And I would prefer that you not do that. I prefer that you, that you learn from the God's word and walk in it, and allow him to show you his goodness and his favor. It says, but hang her, he said, Shechem, Shechem's in love with this girl. He said, make marriage with us, give us your daughters to us, and take our daughters to yourself. Notice, he's wanting to tie them off. They're going to be uh, marrying each other, and they're going to be as one clan. Well, God told them not to marry the Hivites, not to marry the Canaanites, not to intermingle with them. And he said, you be set apart. And I say it again, it's a time and a season to be set apart. He said, so shall you dwell with us in the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it and acquire possessions for yourselves in it. What, he, what they're saying is we're going to go into family with each other and we're going to go into business with each other. And I'm going to tell you, that's not according to God's word. And just because you've done something wrong, the way to fix it is not to go deeper into wrong. And uh, wow, do we do that? Do more and more wrong to try to fix the wrong that we've already done. And uh, so many times I've seen that happen in so many ways. Let me do some more wrong to try to undo the wrong that's already been done. And that just don't work that way. God doesn't work that way. You just tie yourself into a deeper and deeper knot. And eventually you're going to have to start untying the knot. He said, then Shechem said this to her father and her brother, let me find favor in your eyes. And whatever you say to me, I will give. Notice Shechem's begging. He wants to be in. Ask me ever so much dowry or gift that's the bride price that's the gift that's given to the father in order to have the daughter in the family and i will give according to what you say to me but give me the young woman as a wife i'm going to tell you the brothers are going to step in and not allow jacob to handle the situation and when they step in it's going to get bad and uh, let me say this i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna really hammer on some brothers here in just a minute in 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 the next few days and the reason is because they don't do it god's way they do it their own way and they try to fix the problem in their own flesh and that ends up destroying them and it ends up destroying reputations and it ultimately ends up to tell you the truth it ends up destroying their heritage and let me say god's word is true and it's real 
and living according to his word is where life is found. And there is goodness and there's favor in it. And let me tell you some, something else. Though. If you've not done that in your life, God has great grace for you. And those knots we talked about getting untied, he can do that powerfully in your life. He can get those knots untied. He can get you out of the hole. And he does that regularly. But there is important warning for believers. Don't dig more holes. Don't tie more knots. Once you know better, don't do it. Why would you cause yourself pain, the people around you pain, and the life, those who don't even know you to come pain by continuing to tie knots? Open your heart up, open your mind up, and allow God to change you. And his grace is powerful, especially when we add faith to it. And when we add faith, what that means is we hear God's word, we believe it, and we act upon it, which by definition changes us. That's the only way to, to live life, and that's the only way to walk in his very best. And there's no way to get around that. And I would say to you today that if you're struggling with the pain and the sins of your past, give it to God. Let him show you how to get out of it. But once he shows you how to put yourself in the right place, in the right position in life, Go after it fully and completely. Go after it passionately. Don't do it half-heartedly. Let God deliver you. And the way he delivers you is always going to be by igniting your faith in him and allowing you to trust him so that you can see his hand at work in your life. And I would encourage you to do that. Look, this world's already hard enough to live in as it is. Let's not cause ourselves more problems when we know God's word and refuse to walk in it. Let us walk in it in today as we call it today and let us have the life that God has for us today and let us see his kingdom at work around us. Let us do that and uh, I promise you this, he'll bless you and he will show you his hand at work in your life and there'll be great reward and there'll be great deliverance from even the dumbest things we do to ourselves. And if there's anybody who's done dumb stuff to themselves, I'm one of the main ones at it, okay? We'll all agree together that let's chase after Jesus and let's see him deliver us from these holes and these knots we keep tying up. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.